Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wrestling and Whatever podcast. This is your boy, Jay Glow, and M Dangerously, also known as Mikey Dangerously. How's it going, man? Good. How are you doing? I'm <laughs> uh, not tired, but I'm not awake. But uh, I'm good. I'm ready to go. Yeah, too. We have it, we have a lot to talk about because our last podcast got episode got cut a little short. What we kind of initially wanted to do was we wanted to do a preview of WrestleMania and then a post review of WrestleMania. I don't know if this is what that episode's going to be is view of it or not, but uh, we could talk about the first WrestleMania if you want to get into it. That that was the first WrestleMania to have no audience. I mean, that was surreal, wouldn't you think? Oh, agreed. You know what's crazy? I uh, I actually listened to our podcast just to check over like the network connection mm-hmm. and all that stuff that went into it. And I listened to it about a week ago. No, I'm sorry. Uh, a couple days ago. And I was like, holy shit, was I wrong about the Undertaker-AJ Styles match? <laughs> wow, was I wrong about this Edge and Orton match? And just, it was crazy how like, you, you, you know, you think you're an expert. And you're really not, because they literally have the keys to drive you wherever they want. And, and that uh, we did we even discuss the Bray and Cena match? I don't know if we did. I, I mean, I think we talked a little bit about it and said that it was going to be something where it was going to take place in like maybe the Firefly Funhouse like stage or a uh, a factory or something like, a, like right. that. It went. It went. It went to the left and just kept going like it like literally there was like a curve in the road that it could have went and it just took the dirt path next to it and just went. They took the DeLorean right up to the sky. It was nuts, man. That that was out of the two matches that we kind of did discuss. I think uh, I think the Undertaker AJ Styles was my favorite match, but I think you said you liked that uh, that John Cena Bray Wyatt match. Oh, I loved it. I loved that. That was I watched it probably about three times so far just to like soak it in. Yeah. Yeah. And just because I like to look over stuff. And that was it was what was great about that is it was a short clip that was probably about maybe fifteen minutes. Right. But I I just loved it. I loved watching it and I watched it over and over again just so I could break it down piece by piece and you know, just soak it in. And I was like, wow, they really did this well. And Cena didn't overact like he has every other time, like in, you know, the Marine. Uh, but he just like, he didn't like, you could tell that he's at the end of his rope now in his career. Like he's got so much more to give, but he's just like at the end now of his career, but he's still making the most of it. He just did that so well. And Bray was just the mastermind behind. I know that was his whole idea from what I've read. Oh, from what I understand, I mean, you had to think think that uh, Jeremy Borash and you had to think that uh, um, Abyss had, had a lot, a very, very heavy hand in that. And then um, from what I'm also getting reports on, I would say uh, Bruce Pritchard was, was behind that. Yeah, heavy hand. that's what I heard. So um, it was interesting. Very, very interesting. Loved both matches. What was your takeaway on this WrestleMania? That, that, that was just surreal. I mean, we could, we could break it down a little bit if we want, but like overall, because as we know, this show has no structure. We can go anyway. Yeah. Uh, you and know. considering 
considering this was our first one in a little while, uh, I think we should just go, you know, when any which way that we want to yeah. and talk about whatever. But to answer your question, I went into this WrestleMania with low expectations, as I should probably do from here on out because of the product. But because of there being no audience, and this was pretty much like a, it felt like it could have been like a Netflix or Hulu series that they just popped this out and it was just, just scripted, uh, scripted beautifully through, you know, empty audience, no, no sound, just them grunting and like, which was awkward for most of it, but (laughs) they were just grunting and running you could hear them breathing and it was just like okay this is kind of weird a little bit but i mean i don't mind but yeah it it was it was good mania i thought i thought it was good i really honestly didn't have high expectations for it which is why i think it was so good in my opinion but uh what i say it's my favorite no um but i would probably go on the limb to say it was probably the best one that's been out since like maybe 33 yeah i would say like the recent crop of wrestlemania is like right wrestlemania has been going what for 36 years right Mm -hmm. so every 10 years i feel like you know you could say like the first 10 you know were like the best probably Uh, my personal favorite was 18 Um, yeah and uh so, I mean, and then now you're in like, you know, that's between 10 and 20 and then now 20 and 30. And then I don't know, 20 and 30. I can't. Was the Eddie, Eddie and, uh, and Benoit winning one was around yeah. that or was that? It was 20. So, okay. So then that one would be a defining one for that. Like I'm saying, like you could do it in decades and now we're at 36. So they got until 40 to see if there's anything better. If this is still going around, this pandemic is still going around. They're going to have two WrestleManias like this. Um, you know, we can kind of judge it and see. I mean, that's such a weird thing that has happened in our lifetime, too. And I hate to talk about this. But like the fact that we're everybody, this whole country, multiple countries are on like kind of a standstill with what do we do next? Are we allowed to to be in gatherings with more than eight people or all this stuff? So a lot of companies, a lot of entertainment have to um, kind of like rewrite a book. I don't think there was a, a book written on this. So they have to kind of maybe write a new book on like, okay, how do we do entertainment during one of these plagues or during one of these outbreaks? Cause I, I guess from my understanding, we're expected one every hundred years or something. I don't know. Um, you know, whether the next hundred years, it's going to be something else. And we'll be long gone by then. Me and you personally, as people, um, we'll, <laughs> hopefully we'll be taking dirt naps or something, but um I don't know. Like, it's just strange that no one knew how to, what to expect with this WrestleMania. And personally, it's been the best, like you said, since like, what, 33 or like third, like the the new, the new, the next generation. I I feel like this is like the most memorable one. Um, Like you said, there was a lot of like grunting and whatever, but I remember, I don't know which, which series of our show made it out to air. But I was talking about how they should, you know, we were both talking, like, how can they do this? If there's no audience. How can they wrestle? How can they perform when there's no audience? Well, like, now you talk to you talk you talk to each other now as a, as a wrestler, as a performer. You start 
arguing with each other. You, you, you now that that verbal has to make sense. You know what I mean? Now we're gonna right. like we're gonna be in the ring with them pretty much instead of pandering to the crowd, which I'm still seeing a lot of the ladies' matches. No offense to the ladies, but it just happens a lot in their matches where it seems like they're still pandering to a crowd that's not there. There's a camera guy. Talk to the camera guy, like you know exactly. what I mean. Talk to the camera. Like he's, it's right there. It's one person, you know. Pretend the camera guy's like, you know, your mom or your aunt or your best friend or something. And or just pretend over... it's the millions of people watching. Yeah. Uh, they can do this. It's just baby steps. They just have to, and there's going to be growing pains with this. And like I said, I I think we're going to be seeing this this um, horrible situation into well next year, probably. A little bit halfway into next year. So I think the product has to uh, adjust with it. And I think they're going to do a good job now. The other thing, we can get back into WrestleMania, but the other thing about them becoming essential personnel for the state of Florida is interesting. The WWE performers, that is interesting. Um, we know McMahon has a lot of feelings. His fingers are in, you know, um, politics. His best buddy's Trump there, and his, his wife, as we all know, is in is in his cabinet. So there'd be some strings pulled there so that he can be as important to be still utilizing a product such as wwe but like you know wwe's one show you know you don't see i'm trying to think of a recent show uh that's on today like right now the the last kind of show i've been staying up to date on semi would be better call saul so you don't see like if better call saul was still filming i don't think you would see them they would just have to hold production on this type of situation i don't think they'd be able to continue doing shows so it's kind of strange that WWE got this uh let go like you know what i mean like what do you think about right. that well i mean you think you said it best when you said to him trump being his best friend i mean they've gone back since the early 80s um yeah i mean that and like you said linda's in his cabinet of under small businesses i believe she's the yep. president or the ceo or and i'm sorry not the ceo she's the you know, the runner of all that. So I, yeah, that makes sense. That, that probably pisses off a lot of people too that want to get back to work, mm-hmm. but can't. So, I mean, it's like, oh, well, I guess I got to be friends with the president to actually get in to be able to do my job or to make, you know, make a living again. But yeah, I think going back to what you were saying about the women talking and talking to an audience that isn't there, you know, out in the audience area. Yeah. Um, it's as simple as this right now, the talent that you have in the ring, this doesn't even go just for the ladies. This goes for everyone there. People that are still playing to the crowd that not, that is non-existent. This is what separates the people that who are creative and got it. Yeah. Opposed to people that are just athletic and, you know, really good in the ring. This is what separates that. And that's what you're going to see, maybe, and I don't want to say, you know, maybe this is, we're probably going to be going into the next topic of the releases, but maybe this is what, you know, they saw. They said, well, this person's not playing to the crowd, and that person's playing to the crowd, so let's get rid of him, and let's get rid of the key, let's keep the key people that we need here right now, but the people who everyone thinks that we could, you know, do things with, and this and that, we'll, we'll get rid of them. But, I mean... 
let's see if the people that they kept, if they think that they're going to be able to make this product a lot better than what it is right now. This is going to be true. This is going to be full on speculation with me and, and most likely with you, because again, we've said this as a, our disclaimer, we're not with the company in any way. We don't, you know, we're not, we have no ties with anybody that works at the company, but who do you think ultimately besides Vince McMahon has the ultimate say in who they decided to let go. Cause we're going to probably get into this on the next topic. Do you think Vince McMahon just did it? Or do you think, you know, he got, he got onto a phone call or, you know, in a message with like Bruce Pritchard and Paul Heyman and a couple of the other writers and said, who can we let go? Or do you think this was a, I don't know, because, WWE also has a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. We've talked about this on our podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, were these people always, I mean, I guess that runs the risk of always having a very, very full roster. So much to the point where they're never on wrestling they're, or they're never on TV. They're doing dark matches or something like that. Um, who do you think had the ultimate decision if we took Vince McMahon out of the equation? Do you think when he had this five minute apparently I heard this five minute town hall meeting you know was it up to him you know was it him just pulling the plug or was it him talking to I mean you know the creative I think all in all um when it comes down to I think it was a mixture a slew of things I think it's contracts everyone that was let go their contracts were coming up yeah they were overpaid yeah um overpaid for what they do there and and I, and I believe that the contracts are a little bit different than than they were back in the early you know the later 90s early 2000s when if you're doing this well then you're going to get paid this much if you're the champ you get paid champ money i think the champ money the champion salary still goes um like i said like you mentioned we're not affiliated here but um, but I think the champ salary still goes where, hey, if he we're putting the belt on, you know, John Smith here, he's going to make X amount of extra dollars more. And I believe it's that because, A, he's the face and B, he's going to have to go from, you know, A, B, C and D here. And he's got to show his face and show off, to, you know, as part of the company and yada, yada, yada. But I think it ultimately came down to contracts, probably. Um, absolutely. The the COVID-19, you know, bullshit that's going on right now. That's just, you know, taking away revenue money. Um, that's taking away, you know, a lot of the, just people not spending just as much money, um, as of right now, um, with, you know, everything going on and, and let's be, let's be honest, the, the, the fans, the majority, not all, and maybe not, you know, 40%, but 60% of the fan base, that likes wrestling is probably very poor. Yeah. Um, yeah. That work those jobs that are non essential. And, you know, they don't have the money to pay their bills. They're not going to pay to, you know, buy t shirts from WWE. So, uh, you know, ultimately, what I'm trying to get at is I think it was a, a bunch, a variety of different things why they got let go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're probably also sitting there like, so, Paul, Bruce, you know, whoever, um, we got anything for these guys? The you know is the writers do they have anything for them? Because I mean Rusev, I can't tell you last time I saw him. No, um, his, I mean his his wife got over, and Bobby <clears throat> Lashley got over, or getting over more 
which I mean, if she still has, you know, a job, that's surprising. But you know, he he was a good wrestler. You know, oh for sure, an excellent performer. Absolutely, and I'll be honest with you, yeah. um, a lot of these guys that got let go, like Leo Rush, Rusev, um, I think. The English got let go too. You know, just a bunch of those guys. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a limb and say these guys are gonna end up at AEW and NWA. Um, yeah. that's where I think they're gonna be at. So, um, I'm gonna say right now, give it about a month. Give it a month. They'll be there. They'll be doing their thing. Um, I for 100 think that the revival is gonna be there. Uh, the revival will be. Um, I think they're going to do one show at N- NWA. They're because you look at those guys, man. Who do they remind you of? Those guys remind me of Arn Anderson and Tolly Blanchard. You know what I mean? And that's exactly who they reminded me of. They reminded me of the Brain Busters from the WWF days, Arn Ander- Anderson, Tully Blanchard. And I think, personally, that they are going to do wonderful things if and when they go to NWA. So um, just maybe for anything for like a, a month, they're going to play this out there because the Revival's a big name. Um, everyone at least knows them. Uh, to my understanding. And um, I'll tell you what, when they were in NXT, they they had my attention. They literally looked like just hard-hitting guys that, you know, knew what they were doing in the ring, but you didn't, you didn't really fuck with them. But I think they're going to do really well when it comes to wherever they go next. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it just comes down to, to salary and when it comes down to, you know, what do they have for them and it, and this pandemic going on, it's cutting costs. So, do we want to go? Do, do we want to go down the list and, and kind of release who got released? I mean, yeah, um, there were a lot of people. Probably not going to touch on everybody's unless you know we have um, people that you know we can just hit the, the high mo- notes of like the people that kind of surprised you out of, out of that list. I, I know uh, Kurt Angle got let go. Mike Kanellis, Maria Kanellis. I think Rusev was the shocker. Um, in my mind, um, there was um, a referee, uh, Mike Kyoto. You got let go. Oh my god, that was the shocker for me. And um, I know there was a, multiple writers and, and people on the set. I think on the writer's side, for people that worked in the building, it was a more of a furlough than it was a you're out of here, you know, Correct. wish you the best. So basically what a furlough is, is that right now we have no work for you, but, but when everything picks back up, you know, we're going to resume, but, but you're on your own, like pretty much just kind of tossing out into the ocean. You have to find your own way to supplement your income, which thankfully there are a lot of options. It's so funny to me not to go off on a side note rant here, but when uh, people want limited government, something like this happens and now they're like where's my check where you know what i mean and it's usually mm-hmm. the same people that are saying we need less government um 
feelers around us. They're the same people that are like, oh, I'm here with my five kids and we're starving because I can't work right now. But uh, <laughs> that's just me. That's just what I'm saying. Uh, right. Um, wow. Did that get political real fast? You could tweet me at M Dangerously and uh, I take all the hate mail that way. Um, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you prepubescent boy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I mean, so, so basically those people, some of these people are going to have, have a job, you know, a job when they come back. Last <laughs> Storm was another one that got let go. And he, yeah. from what I understand, he had just kind of closed up his wrestling school up in Montreal, up in Canada. I don't know if it was Montreal or Vancouver. Um, and he kind of moved down to where the performance center was in Orlando to start his whole life. And he was there for, from what I understand, three months and Hey, pack up your bags, Lance, you're going back to Canada. You know, it's, it's, uh, things like that, that always make me kind of double check if I ever want to take like one of those big steps in my career life. You know, I kind of, I kind of, I have a good anchor here. I don't want to move out. And if I do move out and take that chance, close the business is going to be belly up honestly i know wwe is not going to be belly up but it's just Never. so strange that a company is taking these losses and they're taking them on the chin quite frankly um and uh you know they just have to kind of pivot with the information you know pivot pivot <laughs> but no man i'll tell you what like wwe any business was not expecting this pandemic to happen no. No. no, no one was. I mean, that's why I think you're going to see like Billy Kidman was let go. Yeah, that was a shocker because he was from what I've read and what I've seen is he's been a big part of the back. Um, so but like like you said, furlough, it's a lot of a lot of people, even at you know my position, um, they're getting furloughed. So mm-hmm. it's 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 one of those things where it's going to happen. You're gonna be back when when shit gets back to normal. So when I when you see things get back to normal, um, when you see you know groups settings again, uh, I I don't know if things are gonna go back to the way they were. I could see an audience where there's one person that sits in every other seat, where it's like checkerboard. I mean, yeah, they they were looking to do that for for even if like they open up movies, you know. Yeah. So, um, I don't I'm, gonna, know if... I'm just gonna go down the list real quick because I I actually pulled it up. Nice. So another another surprise for me was Drake Maverick. I really liked him, even as like a I know Rockstar, but he did kind of good as a yeah. manager. He hmm? did. Yeah. Um, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson. Yeah. Luke Gallows, Heath Slater. The man's got kids. You see uh, his t-shirt? <laughs> I got fired. <laughs> I got kids. Aiden English. Um, Genius. <laughs> Eric Young. EC3, which I thought had huge potential. I thought something good was going to happen with that guy, too. He um, really... He's, he's it, like the rock of our time right now. He has the integrity. He has a lot of things where he could just go out and go above and beyond and do things. If you give him the platform and the time and don't give him a fucking red solo cup either and just let him stand around like that was so dumb. 
But anyway, sorry to interrupt. Speaking of when you said integrity, I was thinking of the other two eyes, intelligence, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, integrity, intelligence, and intensity. Yes. Uh, we said Kurt Angle, yeah. Leo Rush. Sarah Logan surprised me a little bit just because she was on like recent tapings. Uh, right. A lot of these people haven't really been on. Um, so that was, you know, I thought there was going to be an angle with the Riot Squad and stuff like that. Primo, Epico, I didn't know those guys were still in the company. Rohan, again, Mike Kanellis, Marie Kanellis, Zach Ryder. You know, that's that's a guy who's just always been there by the by the string of his teeth or however that saying is. Um, um, I don't know these last two guys. Uh, Diana Perzaro and uh, oh, Diana Perazzo. She's from NXT. And who was the other person? Um, Alexander uh, Jaksik uh, or Jaksik or I think that's an NXT guy too. And I know the other thing. Speaking of NXT too, <clears throat> the other issue that they were having was that was going to be one of the, I guess the NXT guys from 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 this recording. From what I read, again, a lot of this is is not tech. Yeah, I guess it would be hearsay to it to a degree. We do a lot of we do do a lot of research here. At wrestling and whatever, but there's other stuff that we kind of dig into the weeds to try to figure out. Um, so, as I can say, some of my sources were saying that uh, the NXT, like the people that were working for NXT, they got 30 days and then they're just gonna let, let go. I don't know if it's the entire roster or if they're closing NXT for a little bit and it's just gonna be Raw SmackDown or if it's just gonna be one show. Oh my well, god, you know, that would I, I really be horrible, you know. Yeah, NXT is is there. That's the that's the. It's funny because you you'd say it in a bad way that NXT is like the company's black sheep, but it's like the company's black sheep in a good way that there is like the best talent is there, whereas like Raw and SmackDown are kind of like bland and and kind of lame to an extent. Um, so you know, like to for them to to lose that it's gonna it's gonna su- the business is gonna suffer you know where are all these talents gonna go you know and you're saying aew but i mean do we have any information on like the aew shows i've been just kind of in the wwe camp as of late so i haven't really seen anything well i mean to my understanding i believe aew they stopped all of their shows as well but um they're still paying the wrestlers. They're still paying the wrestlers, though, and so did um, I think Ring of Honor. Ring I heard of that Honor, from when I, I read. read they're paying yeah. their uh, employees no matter what. So what? What's up with WWE? <laughs> WWE should be the. They always say it. They're the flagship, you know. Um, but I don't see you know if that's the way that a business should handle themselves. You know, these people give their lives, you know, to entertain us. Yep. And the company's just going to turn around and go, man, we don't need you right now. You guys are kind of the fat we're going to trim. You know, we might see any in down around long. No hard feelings, pal. You know, well, I'll say it before and I'll say it again. Um, you know, I'll probably say it in the future, too. But uh, the WWE isn't what it was back in the 80s and the 90s as just a promotion. Yeah. WWE is corporate now. They are corporate America. They are. These Fortune 500 companies, I believe they're Fortune 300, to be honest. Um, It's a Fortune, anyway, it's a Fortune company where if you got to be let go to 
make the business continue to flourish from here on out. I am not a business major. Um, never was, never will. But to my understanding, to keep business going, there can't be any hard feelings. And a lot of these people understand that because WWE is a business and it's going to continue to run as a business whether they're there or not. Um, so I personally think that we'll see them back. Yeah. I think you'll see a Drake Maverick probably. I mean, if we want to do a segment right now where we say, where do we think they're going to go? I think for a fact, EC3 is going to go to uh, AAW. Um, I think also for a fact, you're going to see Drake Maverick go there. Um, uh, a lot of the women wrestlers that were let go, um, like Deanna Perrazzo, Sarah Logan and all them, I think you're going to see them come back to WWE. I see them not really wrestling right now, probably taking a break. But um, the big name, Rusev, I uh, 100% think you're going to see him go to NWA. I think you're going to wow. go. Wow. Yep. That would be cool. Because I believe him and Barrett are like boys. So mm-hmm. they are going to probably get in the talks and you're going to see him show up there. I'm not sure if he's going to go as his you know, his gimmick in the WWE or if he's going to go there with a brand new, which I personally think that he should probably go as a brand new gimmick. All he needs to start off fresh. You don't have the, the WWE. Everyone know you. Oh, that's Russo from WWE. We want someone. He, he wants to be known as somebody new face wherever he goes. Like how you had Hulk Hogan, for example, when he was now not comparing the two, I'm just going based off character. Like, well, it was Hulk Hogan, red and yellow, when he was in WWE. Yeah, that was Hulk Hogan. But look what Hogan did when he went to WCW and became Hollywood. Yeah. No one remembered him from WWE at that point. It was like, oh, my God, it's Hollywood, Hulk Hogan from NWO, WCW. Like, I remember both of them from both eras, but the one that sticks out the most is Hollywood Hulk Hogan from WCW. And when he was just going crazy – uh, you know, at just doing shit every week in and week out, but that's why I think, and and that's what separates the legends of latter day to today, and the people that are just athletes that are just there, you know, collecting a paycheck and working three hundred and sixty five days a year. Like you, it just looks like none of these guys are having fun doing it anymore, man, and. Uh, ultimately, that's maybe that's what costed them their job too. On top of the pandemic, and maybe their contracts coming up. You know, Vince probably said, "We don't got anything for this guy. We don't have anything for her. Let's just just cut them." You know, we need to. We need to fur. Or we need to furlough some people as well because our company right now, and they're making money, but they're not making revenue. They're not making um, you know, ticket sales. Yada yada yada. So. You know, we're going to have to let some people go. So I don't know. I'm not in the office. Like you said, we don't work there. This is all just speculation. Um, but I, yeah, that's what I think what's what, what had happened. So, well, I think, I think you're, you're spot on with a lot of your um, assumption, you know, like assuming where they're going to go, you know, where so-and-so is going to go. And also just how the, the, the company is kind of derived and, and where it's going to go from here. Very, very interesting in that in that point. Um, I don't know if we want to if we want to go back to talk about WrestleMania a little bit more because we kind of just yeah. touched on 
yeah, briefly. Um, but we could also quickly, <laughs> this is in no way disrespect um, this person, but, um, you know, one of, one of the legends had recently passed away. We don't know if it's because of um, the outbreak. I don't think it was because from my understanding, he was, he was slowly, his health was slowly declining. I'm talking about Howard Finkel, um, the Fink. That was sad. So passed sad. recently, and and it's just it is it's it, it's a voice of a generation. It's a voice of a childhood. And uh, you know, can I you, woke can up. Can you do an impersonation? I did. That's what we did. <laughs> I felt so bad. That was my first. And wasn't that the first show, or was that the second show? That was the second show. Well, you know, and I did that. We'll have to end it with his voice tonight. <laughs> Maybe we'll put that in at the end. There you, <laughs> you go. Know? Um, but I just, I can't As believe we're it. crying. <laughs> oh, it's just nuts. It's yeah. just nuts. a good guy. Uh, I never met him personally. Actually, I don't know if I met him. I could but, have, and I'm yeah. pissed that I didn't. What was, what was your story? He was down in Orlando when we were down there for WrestleMania. I can't remember. Is it 33 or 34? I was at, I think you were down there for 33. <clears throat> That's what I think I was at, but he was there. He was there for, um, I think he was there at a signing, but by the time I got to like where they had WWE access, I I missed him. Oh. Oh, I was pissed. Um, mm. I got I there was the the lines there though. My God, they were horrible. But I got <laughs> to meet Kurt Angle there. But that's Howard Finkel was there. I would have loved to have met him. And I would have just heard, "What's your <laughs> name, son? <laughs> Do you know like- that I have?" The largest porn uh, I... collection in the WWE. <laughs> someone, someone, someone passes away, they're gonna find that weird freaking quirk about the guy. Yeah, bring it up, and it's like the guy was an announcer for X amount of years, but no, the guy's got the huge porn collection, and he let uh, what Barry Windham or some one of them yeah. borrow. <laughs> like, I don't fucking care about that. The guy was a a legend. You know what I mean? Like he was. Yeah, You'll never um, hear a voice you know, like that again. No, no, none of these guys can compare. None of these guys can compare. Um, and I, that's partly probably because of what you've said earlier, just about the talent. But also, I think they don't get the chance to either. Um, some announcers could have great personalities. I just think they just limit it. I uh, that uh, Greg Hamilton guy when he was doing that thing for Shane McMahon, I thought that was hilarious. The little skits they did for like the WWE.com. I thought that was really funny. He's like, you know, yeah, Shane's my best friend. And you're like, hey, Shane. And Shane would like go, who are you? You know what I mean? It was just, it was funny. It was like, kind of let him go. So like, that was one guy that I thought was pretty interesting there. He's over on SmackDown now. Um, but that's, that's pretty much, you know, about that with, with um, Howard Fink. Um, I, you know. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace. If any of his family members or his friends are listening to this. You know, uh, rest in peace. But um, yeah, so in addition to the layoffs and, and the passings, we can go back to this WrestleMania. Um, I mean, two nights, that was, you know, unprecedented. That was cool. You... I that like was... that. I think they should still do that. I think they should do this. I don't know how they would do. I mean, you'd be there for 24 hours straight. Then if they wanted to do the other stuff, too, on top of this. Right. But I feel like a weekend that's a WrestleMania would be really cool. Or or you do the Hall of Fame. You just you just cut that SmackDown off that Friday SmackDown. You, you make that the Hall of Fame and the Monday, the Monday after WrestleMania, you make that the NXT pay-per-view. 
And that way it it can go for four days. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean. Substituting the shows, but. Ultimately, how they did it as well is, now that I'm thinking about it, that's that would have been uh, what, you know, WWE, how they have that whole week. They have Thursday, Friday, I'm sorry, Friday, the uh, either NXT or the Hall of Fame, you usually switch it up. Um, and then you have the Saturday as the either or show. And then Sunday ultimately was WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I think they should just do it in two days like they have there. Have the Hall of Fame, you know, start at like four or five o'clock on a Saturday. And then okay. immediately go right in from that to like the showing of the WWE, of the NXT because it's all in the same building. Um, when I went at 33, um, it was all in the same building except for Mania, of course. But I mean, why not? Why why not have one you know segment being the Hall of Fame and then have it turn into that? I think it's because they want to give its full attention every night. So maybe that's not why they have it go immediately back yeah. and back. But yeah. um, and that they're trying to get all the money that they could out of it because the ticket sales for those were gross. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean. I like, and this was different. I hope this isn't like this next year. This was a nice change up um, in, you know, WWE history where they had, you know, no audience and it was taped. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, for the viewer at home, it really didn't, it didn't make a difference to me. I'm so happy. I'm part of a, um, I am part of one thing. It's like a little fan council thing. I don't know how many people, there's probably like billions of people that are on it too. Um, but they were showing a certain way how they wanted to produce the show. And I, and I sent you a link or I sent you a picture or something. And it was originally they want, they, what they kind of maybe want to do if this thing still happens is they want to have the main action happen in the middle of your screen, but then around the whole screen, it'd be like, kind of like that Brady bunch where they'd have like picture and picture and picture and picture and picture, like around and picture. Of, like, either celebrities, which, you know, I don't freaking care, or, like, even worse, like, other fans, and just, like, reactions. They're trying to do, like, a fan reaction thing to the thing. I, I honestly, the fans, to a degree, and maybe it's because I'm an introvert, can ruin the product. No one's ever going to say that. I'll say that. Um, they usually distract, like, they'll distract the performer, you know, or the wrestler, or or they'll they'll just mess up a match somehow or they or they'll just completely like check out of the match one one match is the and I know everybody knew anyway because this was the beginning of the internet but the um the Brock versus Goldberg match with Stone Cold there you knew those two guys were leaving anyway but like the fans kind of hijacked that's 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 one match where I can I I they they hijacked it cuz they knew that both these guys were going so they didn't care had that match been taken place maybe in an empty arena where they could have did those camera angles and, and, and kind of maybe done like a shoot wrestling spot like the Johnny uh, Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa match, that would that might have been different. That would have been, again, that would have been like, because hindsight's 50 or 20-20, well, 50-50 if you have really good glasses. <laughs> um, but, but if they did that, then you wouldn't have had, like, then it could have still been this big spectacle and not been like a, I felt like that match was a write-off when you had these like, three huge icons in the ring and the fans weren't having it. So it's like, fuck you. And it's like, you know, fuck you. So I don't know. I think, I think so going, that was a tangent again, but going back. So what originally they wanted to do was they wanted to have 
a viewing party, except you'd be in a room watching television with like a bunch of other fans that like, you know, it'd be distracting. It would be distracting. Exactly. That's one word. One word. Distraction. That's exactly what that would have been. I got ADD, like, I guess maybe possibly, but like, so if I was, I would be watching like the screens on like, you know, or like, what's the thing you said? And we could say this on our podcast because we're mature, but like, if I was in one of those boxes, I'd be like whipping my dick out of my ass and just like flopping it on the thing. And you'd just be be like, you'd you'd be saluting (laughs) flag with that. uh, that Yeah. I'd be doing like a dick helicopter. Yeah. So it's like I I could see that going completely wrong. Absolutely. Now I kind of want to see it happen. <laughs> I'm like, yo, guys, hold on. Baron Corbin versus Elias is on. Oh my god, you see that big black cock up the top right corner, Mike? <laughs> go look at the top right corner. <laughs> He's doing a worm with it. <laughs> but like, but like, uh, yeah. So I'm kind of, I, and I honestly like that was, that was in a council like a fan council like a like a study survey or whatever that was given to me the start of this pandemic and i bet you a lot of people thought the same way that i did or maybe they just saw the fact that i was like literally writing paragraphs like if you do this i will completely not watch the product because that's the the freaking truth would be i just wouldn't watch it because it'd be too distracting it'd be so stupid i don't want to see somebody else's reaction to it I don't, i'm not one of those internet guys either i don't go on the internet and I go, oh, we can watch those uh, uh, grandma reacts videos or uh, 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 watch grandma play GTA or something like that. Like, I'm not that type of guy. I don't think there's a lot of wrestling fans that are like that either. So I, I think Cooler Heads prevailed and they're just going to do the product like this. If it's taped, they can they can do it so it doesn't sound so... I mean, half of that, too, with how the matches progress and, and all that, like I said before in a previous podcast that we had wrestlers should talk more to each other the announcers at no point this goes back to was the randy orton the randy orton edge match was the second match that match or was the second night correct yeah that match was golden i absolutely loved it the only thing i fucking hated about it was how the announcers started announcing the match like if you had a JR or a King or a Michael Cole and a Taz calling that match, I don't think it would have gotten so solemn so quick. It's a last man standing match, right? Like it's supposed to be action packed, not supposed to be like, I don't know, like a death wish or the, the, it started to sound like a funeral. Like they started getting so, so, Oh my God. Did you see that? Oh. Yeah, it was like a mass murder at like a golf game, it sounded like. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like I was waiting for him to be like, and here we see Rand Norton lining up for the second, the, the 18th hole here. He takes his shot. I was seriously waiting for it to turn into that. I was but, waiting for him to start I mean... fucking. <laughs> like, oh, there he goes. He's laying on top of him. Ooh. <laughs> Aside from that, though, the match was golden. That's the second. Love the first, what was your favorite match? Oh man, actual match probably that one. Edge versus Orton. No, first night, first night of WrestleMania. First night of WrestleMania, probably Undertaker Styles. I thought that was it. Was a cinematic match, is what it was, yeah. and it was done <laughs> very well. Match. 
Yeah. If you want to call that, that a match, it was the Boneyard match was really, really, really yeah. good. I, I was like shocked. That. Yeah. When Definitely. I watched that, and I watched him drive into Metallica, <laughs> and I was like, okay, hold on. I actually sat up from, from the sofa, and I was like, wait, wait a minute. This is different. And I was, I was thinking in my head what we said on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You have zero audience. You've got to do something different now. You have the balls in your court to say, fuck it, guys. Let's do this because we can. And this is what they're going to do with Undertaker matches from here on out. If he has one more match, two more matches, or three more matches, or whatever the they're case may be, like they're going to do, gonna like do it like this. Yeah. And Just how, give, can you imagine this with Sting now? Oh, that would have been the match. That would have yeah. been the match to have with Sting. Yeah. But uh, next year. But, yeah. I, honestly, I thought that was probably the best of night one. Yes. Uh, I can't think. I, I'm trying to think of the other matches and stuff. And and, but with the, going back to the Boneyard match, I'm sitting there and and Mrs. W is watching it with me, and I. Uh, and I looked to her and I said, oh, this is pretty cool. I said, like, they're, they're going to, you know, if they go full in, like, this type of way to have a match, I'm in. And it started. And, the, and like, the camera angles hit. And, like, and like they were talking to each other. I did the same thing like you did. I kind of sat up on my seat and kind of went, this is great. They're going full in with this. They're going full on with, like, the way they're doing this match. I said, yep. I'm sold. I'm sold. This is awesome. This is how they have to do these because there's nobody because you got to think about it. If they tried to do this when there was fifty or sixty thousand people or however many people they want to say that's in their arena, what's what are you going to start hearing? This is boring. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah. I'm a fucking pussy. Clap, 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 clap. These stupid chants. These stupid losers. Right. These fucking neckbeard fucking wannabe. They know. They know. Uh, don't get me started. These these are the inbreds that know nothing about wrestling, uh, and that just go out there. They wear a, a a fucking undisputed era T-shirt and think that they're so cool and they're gonna get so much pussy because of it. But no, yeah. only that's only me that thinks that about the times that I wear the shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna get pussy because I have a wrestling shirt on. Um, but it's real. No. Damn it! <laughs> I uh, I thought it was good. And yeah. this is another reason why I thought it was really good as well, because take take yourself out of there and put a random person in there that is never really, or at least I should say, hasn't watched wrestling in a very long time. I think that scoops them back up into the game of, okay, if this is what's going to be on all the time, I actually like that. I'd like to watch this more. Now, was that WWE attitude? Like people that used to watch it are into? No. Was no. it ruthless aggression era where people were watching it with Kurt Angle, Benoit, Guerrero, Mysterio? No. no. This is like its own new thing where it yeah. was like WWE films meets WrestleMania for the Dead Man's match and yada, yada, yada. And I thought it was very well done. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and I hope, and it makes sense to do this with the quote-unquote old man. Yeah. Undertaker, have him do it. Have him do it like this. Work to his strengths. You can't have, and as much as he can still go, but you can't. You got to make him look like the phenom. And if you could do it with these cinematic type of things, 
I honestly think that's a great break when you have match after match after match after match yeah. at WrestleManias with audiences in it. I think that would be good. Turn all the lights off in the stadium or in the arena cut, wherever cut, you're having cut the, it. Cut the audio from the arena. Yep, and just have the audio just go all over. And just I I think that would be cool. Yeah. You're gonna have those idiots like, hey man, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go get a twenty dollar beer and a and a fifteen dollar pretzel. Oh, this is boring. I'll be right back. And then while he's you know trying to jerk off in the bathroom. Um but yeah, I mean let them go then. Enjoy it. Because I'll tell you what, if they play something like that at WrestleMania thirty three with him and Reigns, maybe. Uh I would have been into it. Watching it on big ass Titan Tron and watching that happen. Instead of seeing my uh childhood idol of watching him growing up across the years and seeing Roman Reigns beat him at WrestleMania thirty three, like yeah, vomit. But yeah. Well, that's the first night. I, I really don't. I don't think there's really many more matches that we could. That's like on top of my brain because now again we 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 were kind of a couple of weeks separated from WrestleMania as well. I'm I'm giving away. I'm tearing back that uh, proverbial uh, curtain for everybody yeah. at at home there. So now, spoiler alert. Uh, the second the second night. Ooh, Mike, Mike. Before we go any further, let's talk about how much of a bummer that Baszler. Uh, Oh, uh, God. Becky Lynch match was God. That's, Built that's, up Shannon Baszler to be this badass. The and first, just... That was the first night match. Yeah, definitely. Uh... Bummer. God, God, why are they? Why are they pushing Becky Lynch so hard? I don't mind it. I like Becky, but Shannon Baszler is a bad bitch. Yeah, like you gotta, you gotta give her. She like she she could literally beat any guy in that locker room. Choke him out, knock him she out. Did something different when she attacked Becky, and I thought that was awesome. But again, remember now this is where I would say, this is where the uh, the 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 all the whole announce team should have laid out when that happened. They shouldn't have said anything, and you had freaking no offense to him, but Jerry Lawler. Whoa, is she a vampire? It's like, oh my god, how old are you? Like eighty? Like. Like, just lay out and let the scene play. Don't put your old, like... She's a little too old for you, Jerry. Yeah. You like 13-year-olds, remember? Yeah, she's a little, she's a little too old for you. Uh, oh, oh, boy. Hope you just... <laughs> Whoa! Uh, but, like, seriously, like... <clears throat> that's in the time, since there's not a good announced team on Raw right now, that would have been a good time for them just to lay out and be like, you could have had... You could have had... Uh, I was going to call him Todd Grisham, which that goes to tell you. Uh, Josh Matthews. Well, that goes to tell you. Uh, what are the Tom, Tom Matthews? What the fuck's this guy's name? What was his name? Tom Phillips. Wow. What does that tell you? Is uh, that the guy that was said he was a pussy destroyer or something yeah, like that? Yeah. It's not even his, his fiance that he was going to marry or whatever. But like he could have said, "Oh my god," and then that could have been it. But you know, again, I'm. You know, but still, okay. So going back to WrestleMania now. Um. Yeah, they buried her. They buried her something fierce <clears throat> at WrestleMania. If they're going to give these NXT guys, if they're like NXT is going to have their own show, which, you know, if everything goes back to normal next year, NXT will be on Saturday night, WrestleMania, the the bigger show. And I'm, yeah, again, if you had my, if I was on webcam, you'd see me do quotations. <clears throat> the big show, the grandest stage of them all, if you will, is on Sunday. 
if you're going to start like feeding in these NXT wrestlers into the grandest stage of them all, AKA WrestleMania, then kind of let them go over, you know, like that could be a shocker and that could keep happening. And I don't think people would be like, Oh, Oh, you know, who's going to win that match because then as soon as they start thinking like that, well then you change it the other way. I, I think Baszler should have won her match. And then, um, honestly, I don't know what they were doing with Charlotte Flair, but that was night two, correct? Right. Uh, I think, uh, well, but now these are certain certain circumstances, apparently, outside of the realm of WWE have come up. That's why Rhea Ripley couldn't continue to be um, the champion. But I think Rhea, that would have been another thing where Rhea Ripley got, or, or they made it a triple threat, and they had Bianca Belair win it. That's it. They put Bianca Belair in it. Because what did she have? What did she have? What was her WrestleMania moment? Remember her WrestleMania moment? No, I don't. Exactly. It never happened. Because it was a. F- <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, there was a quote unquote WrestleMania moment. But if you don't remember it, then it wasn't important. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So we'll finish night one. Now we'll go into night two. Uh, night two. Of WrestleMania, what was a match that stuck out for you? Um, Edge Orton, um, uh, pr- more than likely was probably the one that I really enjoyed watching. And it's been a while since Edge has been in a ring where you could actually see him go. Um, but like I said, I, I was a big, big uh, Edge fan back in you know what, two thousand eight, nine, ten, eleven. Uh, I love watching Edge wrestle. He was always good. Um, he was funny too. The half the shit he was doing, <laughs> um, but you know, Randy Orton, he's uh, he's just so good. You could put him in any angle. You could put him in any type of match, and he'll be the best. Which is, you know, really hard. I mean, I think right now where where he's at, you know, physically and, and health wise, I think he's going to be there for probably a little bit. I say maybe not about another ten. 10 years old be there i'm gonna say he got a he got a break pretty much in his head now he can come back and he could do these one-off matches maybe maybe just come up for the four major pay-per-views you know take a break come back do all that yeah i thought i thought i think he's gonna do that i think he's gonna continue to do it and uh he just he's at such a high level every time he he wrestles. So, um, it, Edge coming back and wrestling with anyone else wouldn't have made any sense either. No, it's but, it, um, start with Orton and then from there they could they could make it. You know, I think him and Rollins would put on a good show. Edge and uh, Rollins or Rollins and Orton. Edge and Rollins. Yeah, well, don't forget Rollins likes to hurt people. Apparently, from what Bret Hart says. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I could say that I, I, I that I talk about is uh I never heard anybody in the ring. Oh wow! In every interview you see Bret Hart in, that's he says it every time. It's like, all right, Bret, we get it. Goldberg ruined your career <laughs> and makes you retire. Bret, is that you? I didn't know that was Bret over there. I didn't know we had Bret Hart here. <laughs> so. Yeah, this is Bret Hart. Uh, I didn't know about the screw jobs, but uh, I knew about the foot jobs and the blow job. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um. No, but uh, I, 
I'd love to see Rollins against Edge. Um, I'd also like to see, and this is going to be a weird one, but I'd like to see uh, Edge versus Corbin because <laughs> it's yeah. Corbin's got that big dude factor right now, and he's pretty fit, and he's got somewhat of a character, but I think working with somebody like Edge kind yeah. of gives him a boost. Exactly. Like working with, like having Kurt Angle put him over. Yeah. Like um, at the WrestleMania, was it 36? No, well, this is 36, 35. I was going to say, I don't even know what WrestleMania <laughs> number we're on right now. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, like when he got put over, I was like, okay, well, that wasn't that bad. I, man, I'll tell you another thing too. Last year's WrestleMania, I can't really tell you one match except for the main event because it was the first women's main event ever. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you, like, I, was it good? Was it bad? I really don't remember anything happening besides Alexa Bliss hosting it and Hulk Hogan coming out. That's about it. Um, well, going, yeah. back, going back on your Corbin thing, Edge versus Corbin would actually stem very well because um, Corbin, during during Edge's return at the Royal Rumble, was actually, quote-unquote, if you want to use business terms, and I know we try not to here at wrestling and whatever, but he was kind of taking care of Edge. Mm-hmm. Edge was the first guy, or Corbin was the first guy that that did a move on Edge, did the big move on Edge, big like I don't know if it was a power slam or whatever, but he but he took care of him in that move, and you know like that shows like trust and 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 things like that, like you know this guy you know he could he could take care of you during the match, so if something does happen you know it's he's not gonna hurt you, you know what I mean? Corbin isn't gonna hurt you. Right. Got a lot of bad a bad a lot of bad um press and I think it's I think it's more from fans than it is from wrestlers. I think wrestlers like Corbin. I think people who are who are familiar with the business might like Corbin, but I think fans don't like Corbin because oh he's he's a kiss house and oh all this stuff. But but man, that guy is is probably legit for the business, you know? He he's not gonna be sick of it. He's not gonna get no. sick of it. Can you imagine him in like the ruthless aggression attitude era? You have to be good. Letting him do because you could tell he holds back a lot. He wants. He wants, he wants to, to say so much more. Yeah. And he can't. Yeah. If yeah. they said, "Hey, dude, just don't curse. Do whatever you want." Oh my god, I, he probably be my favorite because you. He's got that smug look to him. Like he's like, "Yeah, he, I used to be an asshole in high school and." I always got laid mm-hmm. by the hottest girls, and I always bragged about it. And guess what, motherfucker? I'm still doing it now. Yeah. I used to play football for the Cardinals. I know a lot more than wrestling. Like, play that character. Yeah. Oh, my God. He'd be the good. He's a good heel now, but he'd be the best if they let him do that. And just he's, he's got a face you'd love to punch. So. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's half of the battle right there. Yeah. He would be an excellent heel. Um, back then for the Attitude Era. <clears throat> going going forward now, I believe the second night had this match, which I thought was unique in a way. Um, it was the triple threat. Correct me if I'm wrong. That triple threat for the SmackDown Tag Team titles, that was the second night, right? Yeah, the latter match. It was Morrison. Uso. That match was pretty cool. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think it ever in the hit, and I don't think they advertised it like this either but i don't know they did the history of, of of there being a tag division or tag belts that they had it it's just a triple threat with three guys 
each of them are representing their team, but like, you know, you don't have your tag team partner to, to fall back on. And, you know, so I don't know if that was because of the social distancing issue or if that was because there were rumors that, that Miz was sick and, and like, that's why everybody else was kind of pissed. So they were like, okay, we're just going to make it a triple threat with you three guys, which was Morrison, one of the other Usos and, um, um, who was the last guy? Uh, it was Morrison, Miz, and I want to say it was... Kofi. Uh, I'm sorry, Kofi. Kofi, yeah. Nothing against those three guys either, because, I, I, you know, awesome show. And that that last, what, three minutes of the match is... is That didn't... I mean, the whole match was good for a, for a... Essentially, like, a TLC match. It was good. They were going through tables. They were doing their bumps. It was interesting to see those type of bumps happen when there was nobody there to react for it, but they sold it good. Again, it goes back into the thing where you're you're saying about the moaning and all that stuff and, and things like that. But but they were also trash talking each other. But man, that last that last grab for the belt, and it was like a whoopsie, and it was <laughs> like it defined Morrison that tag team. It defined Miz Miz and Morrison together. That one move defined the tag team as a whole, of like how he just escaped. I mean excellent wrestler don't get me wrong morrison could probably outpace those guys you know maybe maybe kofi would keep up a little bit but speed wise yeah but definitely morrison was the pure athlete in that match and the way he won won it was such a was such like a it was kind of like reminiscence of um the steel cage match that JBL had had against either it was Big Show or Brock Lesnar. I think it was Big Show, or was it Kane, where he choke slammed them. I think it was Big Show, choke slammed them through the 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 ring, mm-hmm. and then JBL came out underneath the ring as the winner, like that's right. akin to that. That's akin to that whole like heel move. And I thought, I thought that was great. I thought that was good. like it was like a whoopsie. And he's like, I have the belts, and the two of them are up standing up at the top of the belt. Um, Uso and and Kofi and they're like, ah shit, you know it was just it was just, it was good it was good it that was that was a match that kind of kind of stole the show for me for the second night. And- I just want to throw this out there. So I love John Morrison. Um, I always have. And when Batista Batista was always my favorite. You know, growing up in high school, watching the watching you know WWE and. Try to pick out, okay, so since this guy's gone, who's going to be my new guy? Like, who's going to be new, my new guy? I follow and watch, you know, try to catch all of his matches, this, that, the other thing. John Morrison was that guy when, you know, Batista left when he was like, oh, I quit. Um, I was like, all right, well, he's gone making movies now. I got to follow somebody. And Morrison, when he left Eminem and started doing his whole gimmick and went to EC, the WWE's ECW, I was just mesmerized by what the hell this guy could do. Just half the moves he was doing. Like, if you could watch his chronicle on the network, it's just crazy. You could tell that he's like a guy that just loves to wrestle, loves this business, and doesn't want to do anything else. Right. And when they're interviewing him, he's like not even talking, like as if he's like being video recorded. He's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, this is it. Here you go. Like, all right, I'm gonna go practice now in the ring. Be right back. 
So, like, you could just tell like, that's another guy's passionate about the business. He's slowly easing his way back in to yeah. where it's, you know, it's Morris in time all the time, and he could do whatever he wants. So, I'm excited about that. I was really, really, uh, really happy to see them start doing more promos with him and Miz. Yeah. I can't stand the Miz, but with Morrison with him, like it's he's making him tolerable. So that's funny because I can't stand the the Miz, but with Maurice, at least they have something good to look at. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, and then of course we have the the honorable mention that was that night too. It was another different match, and we talked about it a little bit, but we can go into a little bit more detail with it if you want. And that was the Bray Wyatt and John Cena match. Give me your synopsis on it, man. I mean, what do you think this whole match was about? And now as a purist, which I'm not, I don't know if you are, it was definitely something different. It was definitely something unique. It was definitely something outside the box, but I could see why people would be pissed off because it wasn't a quote unquote wrestling match. But I mean, I don't know. I think wrestling has, has that, that, that idea that you can, um, I can't think of the, the phrase, but like you, you extend the disbelief, like, like picture, picture you raising your hand out to the, to the sky and your hands are, are out there and are, and it's nighttime and you're trying to touch the stars, but you just can't. But if you extend the disbelief, which would be, you know, it goes out your, you know, like light could, could pierce out your, at your tips of your fingers. They could quite possibly reach those stars and you can believe it because what the fuck are you saying right now? <laughs> oh, well, I'm just trying to pick a paint a picture here. Uh, uh, okay. Like, what the fuck? Is this a fucking Ultimate Warrior promo? <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> well, all right. So give me your synopsis. Screw you. Give me, uh, give me your synopsis. No, I'm just busting. No, I, I, yeah. I, I watched it. I was like, I was expecting there to be, okay, here comes CNO. Here comes Wyatt. All right. They're going to have the puppets around the ring. Okay, this is probably going to suck. But when they had him come out into the ring and it just went into full cinema promo mode, I was like, okay. It's another, it was another part where I was like, okay, is this going to top the Boneyard match last night? And it did, but it also was very, very uh, lateral to what they did. And I was like, wow, the, the beginning when, you know, they went into the Firefly Funhouse little area and <clears throat> Bray Wyatt's there and he goes to the closet. When John Cena showed up on the set and he was talking to the puppets and whatnot, I was like, OK, let's see what they're going to do with this. When he opened that door and walked through it. That's when I got up from my from laying like laying down watching it and sitting up like as if I was watching something in the WWF back in the nineties and oh, okay. you know like as a kid sitting up like okay this is this is probably gonna get good let's watch it and it did and I was excited to see you know what they were doing just creatively going back and you know uh, if we're gonna go through this match at all you know going through. Um, him when he first started with those with those god awful looking shorts on, and you know just Bray Wyatt doing 
saying Kurt Angle's lines word for word. Like, that was fucking genius. I loved it. I love that recreation of them going back and just pretty much saying, when you come into this in this closet or whatever the hell it was, this doorway, once you close this, you're going to hit your fears of, you know, fears of failure, fears of not being too big, your fears of, you know, having a horrible marriage or yeah, you know, all, that, all that crazy shit. It was just so well done. And kudos to the guys who made that, made it happen. And kudos to the two guys that I think were the only ones that could have pulled it off, to be honest. Definitely. Do you, do you, think, do you think like the Boneyard match, do you think like this can be reproduced with if they if they're I don't know what they're doing with um um Braun Strowman but like if they I, I don't know if it'd be too soon for them to do the same type of match for um money in the bank but it it reminded me of say what you will about WWE 2K games but if you play the story modes before before they started doing like the basically the story modes were recently have been you're following so-and-so's career but like before they started doing those the it kind of reminded me of like a wb2k story mode type thing because you, you saw john cena when he was starting out <laughs> thought john cena in his in his basic th- thugonomics uh, attire you know where he could only he could only come at bray with his lyrical rhymes because that's what the old man liked and and you know and even having the old man puppet <laughs> saying that's good shit you know what i mean oh so funny <laughs> I so that. i mean so i mean like do you think after vince saw that do you think he said that's good shit <laughs> I, I think he did <laughs> do, do you think I... he thought do you think he thought like no one's gonna get this no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, too. There's the portion of the fans that are dumb, that are, you know, small-minded, that believe that everything that happens storyline-wise is real, and they go with it. And then there's the other half of people that are like, all right, I'm here specifically for the 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 wrestling in the ring and everyone, you know, putting on a good match. I'm I'm there for that with my neck beard and <laughs> I'm and then there's the portion of the fans that are almost similar to both of them that are just wanting, want something entertaining. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think with this firefly Funhouse, it really took care of everyone. Yeah. Uh, any type of fan that it was something new. It was something creative, something innovative. Cause I know this isn't going to be the last time they do it. Right. Um, and it, what better stage to pull it off on than a WrestleMania with no crowd? That's not going to be there to boo it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought it was well done. It was WWE cinema. It's exactly what it was. And you didn't have to really think. You didn't have to watch it and be like, all right, well, this is boring and this is that. It just kept going. It was yeah. like a nonstop roller coaster ride. That was like what was that? Like fifteen minutes, I think it was. That that yeah, I think whole... it was, it was as long as the Boneyard match, if not maybe a little bit shorter. But I'm not entirely sure. It wasn't as long as Edge and Orton. No, no. That was. I didn't mind though. I didn't no. mind it. No. I felt like I was playing an old SmackDown versus Raw game 
where they were going in the back, throwing ladders at each other. You know, I just, I love matches like that. Yeah, it's a gimmick match. And yeah, you're going to be using props against each other, hitting each other with, you know, bottles of soda, maybe. I don't know. But he, uh, match, that match with uh, Cena and Wyatt, though, very well done. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I like I said, I, I enjoyed it so much. I watched it like three times already just to break it down. And yeah, it's just everything that was in that match. I think they shocked a lot of people with how good it was, too. Yeah, I think right. everyone is talking about it. They're still it. talking about it. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. I yeah. think they did it really good. And like you said, I think I, I agree with you as well that. Bruce definitely had a part in there, but let's talk about let's talk about their their homage to my boy EB. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Bray Wyatt dressed up like uh, Eric Bischoff, and then here comes John Cena out looking like uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, that was like, I think I tagged you in this as well, but somebody broke it down every scene from that. Somebody obviously with a lot of time on their hands. Yeah. Um, I think it was a wrestler. I think it was an old wrestler. Not an old wrestler, but somebody that's on the independent scene or something. That's the one I saw because it was like a tweet. And I kind of went in and and broke down each match. Or no, it went down and broke each step in that match. Mm -hmm. So I guess the the part where he was um, in the, like behind the cage and, he was doing the uh, the curls and whatnot and hurting his <laughs> arms. I think that was his fear of what they said, his fear of becoming a unsuccessful bodybuilder or something. <laughs> um, and then after that, they had uh, when Bischoff, when he was when Bray Wyatt was Bischoff and he was Hulk Hogan, that was a failure of if what, you know, if the failure that he never tried to be a, a heel or something like that. Yeah, Hogan did it successfully. In WCW, Cena never took that opportunity to try to turn on the fans because because I believe there was always a discussion that was brought up, but I think Cena never took it. I think Cena because he just he just knew that he did too much with like certain organizations and things like that. Well, it's funny because I read somewhere that Cena they asked Cena the ultimate question: Would you ever turn heel? And he said. All they need to do is give me the green light. I already have my whole getup ready to go. And, huh. and I was like, okay, I want to see it now. And watch him just come out in an NWO shirt and be an asshole. That's all. That's his heel gimmick. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, already raring to go. He's going to just have his one of his John Cena shirts, and it was just going to be in black and white instead of like, yeah, you know, inside pretty, out. Yeah. Ooh. Hey, you guys, remember when I said never give up? Well, you know, just give up, I guess. Wow, nice. <laughs> I guess on that note, we could give up here with this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I enjoyed it, but before we we end the podcast here, yeah. ultimate question: you could just you know give us a one word answer here. Which night did you prefer, night one or night two? I think it was going to be um, night one. I think it would it would be night one just because that boneyard match. It was the first time I've ever seen like something like that. It was the first night, and literally that match equaled, which I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but that match on night one, that boneyard match, paid off 
the rest of the night with all those other matches. Like wh- whatever happened in those other matches didn't matter. They didn't really add up to being like phenomenal where night two at least had a few good matches. Night one kind of just went off the rails with that Boneyard match. And then it kind of was like, okay, well now I want to see what night two is. So I would say night one. Okay. How about you? I, uh, I'm going to say the opposite. I'm going to say night two, night two for me, in my opinion, had the the better matches. Uh, had you know I, what was I think Braun and Brock were that was uh, Matt that was we that was match or I'm sorry that was night two right right night one was what that was a shocker too. Night one was Goldberg and um, and um, and Braun. Oh, I'm sorry, I said yeah. uh, Braun and uh, Brock. Yeah, no, no, agreed. I, I uh, Brock, that Brock was, a was night two. Yeah, I mean those championship matches. You know, we obviously didn't discuss them, but you know. They were they were supposed to be that. They were supposed to be those short matches and I guess shocky at the same time. Shocked me. Short, I don't know. Whatever. No, oh, agreed. I enjoyed it though. Um I enjoyed both nights, but the one I thought was the best was just something about that Firefly Funhouse that just Thank really yeah. I loved I'm not gonna lie, I'm I agree with you one hundred percent though, the boneyard. If they didn't have the Firefly Funhouse on night two and they had well they if they weren't going to have that at all, I would say absolutely 100% night one. But okay. something about that Firefly, man, just got me going. But um, yeah, I guess we could end it here. But uh, hey, don't think I forgot, man. I need to hear your Howard Finkel impersonation. Am I doing it now or are you just going to dub it? Just do it. <laughs> Rest in peace. Well, I don't know what to say. You just put me on on the spot here, so I'm just gonna go. Um, this is Howard Finkel saying good night and good fight. All right. Well, let's never fucking ask you to do that again. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it was good to to talk to you and bullshit with you on here again. Uh, uh, next, I don't know what we're gonna talk about in our next episode. Um, maybe. We'll, we'll bullshit about it and see we'll, we'll what's going on. We'll, we'll figure we'll, it out. But uh, it was good to talk about Mania on here because we talked about it a little bit, but we really didn't go in depth. Yes. But, yeah, this was cool. Um, we'll do this again. Um, we may have some future guests on here as well. Um, still waiting for Thrasher. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. Um, but uh, we have a, a good friend of ours, uh, a.k.a. Dad, um, who uh, reached out to a guy by the name of Bob Cook. He's a uh, former WCW wrestler from the um, 80s and early, early 90s. Um, he's pumped to uh, do our podcast. So, Yeah, he, and, another, uh, and another guy you said, which is a, <clears throat> quite possibly would be a shocker for me, because I, I, you know, he was a more familiar wrestler for me, would be Gene Snitsky if we can get him yes. on. I'll just... I'll throw that down the pipeline. And then I also had another uh, good idea that we can do for a future episode, which would be just a quickie um, review. One, we'll pick an episode and, and we'll do just do a quick review of those um, those uh, documentaries. That one documentary that that happened uh, was it not beyond the rope was it beyond the rope. Uh, who was it about? Well, there's a couple of them. Remember, there's the the the, the one episode that was with Chris Benoit. Oh, Dark Side of the Ring. Dark Side yes. of the Ring. We can do a quickie on those. Oh, that would please. be good because we've we've watched a few of those, um, and we can kind of go from there. Yes, let's please. That's a great idea. I've watched all of them. I haven't seen the new one of, with uh, the assassination of Dino Bravo, 
But my God, man, I know a lot of people that aren't even wrestling fans that watching. are saying, hey, man, did you watch this? I think yeah. quarantine, maybe the quarantine's going to boom the wrestling business again <laughs> and get people to watch this shit. My God. But, maybe. Oh, that'd be awesome. But, oh, my God, dude. They're so good. Vice has been doing a great job with that. So. Well, We'll have some future episodes that are going to be coming down the pipeline. And, and when we get them out, we'll definitely get them out. Please bear with us because of um, the circumstances at this time. But we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely be producing. Just keep out on our keep a lookout on our Twitter, which is at wrestling and W E W as in whatever and E as in ever in whatever in. All right. Um, yeah, man, good, uh, good bullshit with you, and uh, we'll uh, see you down the line. And uh, thank y'all for listening. And uh, cheers, and here's to next week. And don't forget.